All right, I'm I'm calling it now before we even start. Um, this is probably going to be a really long episode. <laughs> yeah. Please, let's not do a play-by-play on we're this gonna, one, man. We're going to do a, it's, it's a 45-minute episode. I, I know. It's going to take you two hours to talk about each event that occurs. Two hours at the shortest. Like, really, I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, sometimes I can stretch an 11-minute episode into an hour and change. It's like, what are we going to get with 45? Uh, let's see how it goes. No promises, but also I won't be a, I won't be a punisher. All right, well, then let's just jump right in. Okay. Adventure Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. And I am Nick the Human. And uh, it's great to be talking to you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, as Truman Show said. This episode's coming just a couple days late for our regular listeners, but we hope it'll be good enough to make up for the scheduling issue. Yeah. Yeah, we we talked about it last time, but good old regular life is uh, is starting back up, which has its pluses and minuses, and uh, minuses that it got in the way of recording. But that will not be the norm, and we're keeping up with our. You know, it's just a couple days late. I think we're going to get there. Um, I think off the top, Eric, I wanted to just throw a wrench in and say a quick thank you to Catherine Burnside, who's a new supporter of ours on Anchor. And oh yeah. I don't know. Just wanted to say that's cool. Um, if you've been enjoying Adventure Guys, you know, one of the good, great ways you can support us is if you go to uh, anchor.fm slash Adventure Guys NY. Isn't that what it is, Eric? No. Oh. Slash Adventure Guys Podcast. Oh, my God. I can't even plug our shit correctly. But uh, yeah, slash Adventure. <laughs> anchor. Your shit correctly. Yeah. Anchor. <laughs> anchor. <laughs> Anchor dot FM slash Adventure Guys podcast. You can you can like kick us money. It's sort of you know like a Patreon or whatever, and you just kick us fifty cents, a buck, five bucks, fifteen bucks. Hey, if you want to give us a thousand, that's cool too. And just each month, we'll get that thousand bucks and we'll put it to very good use. Yeah, it's an option. You could do that if you want to. Mm-hmm. And if and if, <laughs> if money's not your thing, just you know tell one friend. Rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram. I don't know, whatever. But uh, money's definitely not my thing. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, yeah. Eric famously is like, I don't like it. <laughs> Keep me away from money. I'm gonna structure my wife in a way that's like, yeah. Yep. It's all been intentional because I prefer not to have money. Okay, that's what I thought. It's cool to have you just confirm it on air for <laughs> yes. for everybody. If anyone's looking for a great way to uh, not have money in your life, to just avoid all the problems that come with having money, uh, I suggest becoming a professional ska musician. <laughs> it's working great sure for you. Surefire way to just eject all that bad vibe money from your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're going to get some money from some people. First off, from Catherine Burnside. So thank you very much, Catherine. Yes, thanks, Catherine. Yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, you know, Eric, since we last talked, um, it's been a little bit, so I think I've got a little bit of extra energy in me to talk. Um, I'm excited. 
Um, you know, this is week 42, right? This is our 42, 42nd episode. Not week 42, <laughs> but it's our 42nd episode. Yeah. Because we did a couple weeks where we did a couple episodes. But, uh, you know, it's funny. It's like the the world's opening back up. I traveled a lot for the last two weeks because of work and a wedding and stuff. And I'm vaccinated and that's what we're doing now. But now I'm back and like we're doing this podcast and it, it feels sort of like like a grounding thing in my life. Like this feels like home. This feels good. Like this it's I'm like, wow, I can't believe like now doing the Adventure Guys podcast and talking about adventure time is like a grounding thing in my life that p- provides some consistency and comfort and <laughs> a sense of home yeah. and place. Well, what did you just do this weekend? You were in Houston. I got a bunch of slightly exasperated text messages oh yeah so well this week i went to um nashville so the last we did record it last weekend so you heard about my new york exploits and then i came home for like a day and a half and then i flew to nashville for three and a half days for a music video shoot um with an incredible band called arlie and i think we're going to be able to have one of the guys from that band on the podcast soon i guess maybe I shouldn't say that before he's confirmed, but it seems like it'll happen. Now, now he's committed. Now he's committed. Ryan, he's a bassist too. Like, I'm like, dude, we're going to, we can have some really great bass talk between the three of us here. Um, and <laughs> that's, what, that's what everyone wants is a podcast with three bass players. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Wouldn't it be great? Um, and then I went to Houston and spent the Memorial Day weekend there with a friend of the pod, Adam Cohen. And his wife Laura, and it was good. Oh, yeah. It just took it took a lot to get back. And honestly, I could take you through. Um, like we took an Uber back from Houston to Austin <laughs> because of just a comedy of of errors. That doesn't um, sound like a good Uber ride, man. <clears throat> it's a long one, but uh, it's actually wasn't. You know, it was only like 170 bucks. And if we were gonna rent a car, um, dude, car rentals are out of control no for the one way it was even not even a full day it was like 450 dollars. so i'm planning and on Meg- going Megabus back to texas too was crazy megabus is crazy yeah um i'm going to texas next month and i don't have to take a whole lot of gear with me so i figured it would be more economical to rent a car that gets triple the gas mileage of my van sure and uh but the car rental prices have quadrupled so it's so I'm just gonna have to drive my whole ass van down to Texas. Oh man, I know it's it's crazy town. So we took that. I don't know. I I've got more specifics to give you that the world doesn't need to hear, but might be fun between two friends. <laughs> and I think that decision I just made right there is why we are an ascendant podcast and why we are true professionals. Because I say a lot in this podcast, but I'm gonna cut myself off quick when it comes to the details of my uh, personal long weekend in Houston, Texas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but you had. Well, a, I was in South Carolina yeah, over the weekend. I was going to say you were out in the world playing music yeah. of all things. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I'm uh, playing with a wedding band called the Chromantics, New York City-based wedding band. But we play all over the place, uh, as evidenced as our travel to South Carolina. Yeah, for, you're, uh, you're that you're that good. I was going to say, I mean, I can't wait to catch a show, but. I guess I'd have to crash someone's wedding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's uh, awesome. The band does occasionally play club dates in, in the city. Cool. But cool. it's not a not a regular thing. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll, I'll catch them, but I'm glad you got out there. Um, 
and back on to normal life. Did you do you feel energized by it? Like do yeah. you f- well it's a, it's an 11 piece band. So there's like no way to do it while not feeling energized. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And isn't it cool like I had this going I, I mean I, I, New York was a blast and Houston was cool, but uh you know Nashville was one of those things where I went and I saw people that I knew and liked but don't know well met a ton of new people and it was just one of those I was like oh yeah this is like part of life you go to somewhere kind of new and you meet a lot of new people and it's kind of fun you know and I was like oh man I forgot about all this stuff (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it made me feel like sort of energized I'm like oh yeah actually because I've been like you know like probably a lot of people maybe dreading the world opening up to a certain degree because there's been a lot to gain from the the quarantine life but then i was like oh yeah no there's like a lot of fun waiting out there for me that i don't even know about yeah we were in the um we toured in an rv what wasn't a tour we traveled in an rv down to the gig and it was like a 19 hour drive there um but it was an opportunity to hang out with a bunch of really awesome musicians and uh shout out to stop the presses the new york city ska band up here uh a lot of the people from that crew are in the wedding band. Oh yeah. So a lot of ska representing in this in this wedding band. And uh they have a lot of touring experience. Pick it up as well. And it's like cool just hanging out with people that have been on tour and then going on a huge 19-hour drive and just remembering like, "Oh yeah, this is a thing that we did." And you know, I know you and I have had a conversation about how it seemed like a lot of bands that didn't necessarily spend a lot of time touring in the before time got really active all of a sudden yeah. on the internet for the pandemic. Uh-huh. Uh, but the bands that did tour, like couldn't, they were kind of stuck because this is how we made money and we couldn't do it anymore. Um, and you sound like you had all your surplus of day job money to just be like, well, we'll make a crazy ass music video. How about that? Yeah. Or whatever. Well, yeah. So it was, reaffirming to be on the road with people that have touring experience and just realize that, Oh yeah, this is the thing that I like to do. And even if it's maybe not necessary, given the current climate of how people promote things on the internet or whatever, I still just like touring and I'm always going to tour because I like to do that. This is a a part of my life. And it just, it was nice to remember that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's really cool, dude. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this more on the pod and off, but there's been whole on, <clears throat> wholesale artists that have rose from no songs ever released to like significant success status over the last year and change. And sure. bands that have never played a show, yeah, are releasing never, music <laughs> and release music and are like are streaming millions of times, right? So it'll be inter- I think it'll be very interesting to take note of like, okay, now if they go play shows, do people go to those shows? Is it an internet thing? Like what's the crossover? You know what I mean? Um, we can keep a look at that and discuss more, but I, it, it'll be interesting to see like how the world moves, you know? Um, but I'm glad that yeah. you, I'm glad that you got out there and I'm glad that you enjoyed it and being out in the world. I'll tell you, even that Uber ride that was like three, three hours. I was like, Dude, I was like, I love car rides. I think I was thinking about too. I was like, this is why I always dreamed of touring. I never got to your level. The, the only real tour was with the Hall Phonics, which I'm, I'm grateful that I got to do a week with you. But I was just thinking, I was like, I don't know 
like what weird wiring and set of experiences I had as a kid um, just led to me like we were I like three hours was nothing. And I love going to gas stations. And I now I know that if you do it for three months by yourself in a van, you're going to lose your mind and be like, why the fuck? What am I doing with my life? <laughs> but uh, but even the, I guess what I'm getting at is even the small things of getting of doing a, a, a road trip for me and stopping at a, a gas station in the middle of Texas uh, was was a delight. So um, how'd you even find an Uber driver that was willing to do that? Well, I'd say around 11 canceled. And <laughs> um, they canceled like we, we reserved it the day before and they canceled and then all the way up until it was time to leave and multiple cancels and one woman came and was like, oh, I'll drive you. I'd hate if y'all got stuck here in Texas. That'd just be, yeah, you know what? I'll drive you. And she called her uh, daughter who I was holding a baby. She's like, oh, she got a newborn baby. She thought I was coming home, but I was like, I got to drive these people to Austin. And we were like, okay, like, cool. Um, you know, I've, dr- I've taken a couple long Ubers in my life. One from uh, Asbury Park, uh, New Jersey to New York, which was like an hour and change, 10 minutes. And then, that's, yeah, but. And then another one from. That doesn't uh, seem unreasonable. No, and then another one from Allentown, Pennsylvania to Brooklyn, which was over two hours. Um, yeah, that's that's a little bit more of a stretch. Yeah, and it seems like you just get people, you know, you're going to, they're getting yeah, paid anything, well. Like if you go, if you are driving an Uber and you go to New York, you'll always be able to pick someone up for the return trip. I wonder if I guess even if you don't not the return trip all the way back to like Pennsylvania, you can at least get someone from New York to somewhere in New Jersey like on your yeah, way. Yeah. It seems like Houston to Austin is a little bit of a riskier move. I I think so. We tips are well. Um cuz people usually have their own cars in Texas to do that kind of thing. Yeah. Totally. And I mean I'm splitting it three ways is really what made it like manageable, like it was only marginally more than the Megabus because the Megabus was surging with uh, Memorial Day prices and stuff where it was yeah. like a $45, $50 ticket on the Megabus, um, which at that point, you know, times up by three and get an Uber. And it's like all of a sudden you're like my decadent lifestyle just became a sound financial decision. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's good to see you, Eric. It's good to be here. Um, yeah, man. it's good to be with, uh, it's good to be with the fans. <laughs> if you know me, I'm just about the fans. Uh, All about the fans. That's why we do this. That's why we do this shit. For the fucking fans. It's a great, that's a great punk rock slogan. Even when I was a fan, I didn't buy that all the time. <laughs> Did, you know what I mean? It's like no. such pandering. You know, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. I remember they always say that, like, on the Grammys, and I'd be like, do they really mean it? Does Mariah right, Carey like, really mean it? For the longest that? time, it may even still be true, but RX Bandits had, like, the tagline on all their social media. It says, we have the greatest fans in the world. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> RX Bandits? Well. <laughs> I was just listening to that uh, interview I, on the In Defense of Ska podcast uh, with Steve Choi. Yeah. And like they were talking about how much shit they got when they put out the resignation. Yeah. <laughs> People were so mad that they weren't playing Scott anymore. It doesn't seem like they have the best fans in the world. <laughs> Not at that point. But I think now they do. Uh, and this is what I was getting at before is like it's like one of those, you know, I would rather take aim at fans of large pop stars. And uh, that feels like pandering. I guess it always kind of feels like a band like Arx Bandits or like cult bands where it's like, you know, 
you look at their their listenership on Spotify and it's just a fraction of other bands, but they can still sell more tickets. It's because like the the when you look at like how many people are into them, like if like a Venn diagram of here's all the people that listen to this band and then the other Venn diagram, here are the people that absolutely fucking love this band and buy tickets and merch and records. Like they're a band where it's like the circles are really close to Oh yeah. Like overtop each other. And that's where I think you might earn some of that. Um because you know there's a lot of bands where it's like they're kind of there might even be very little overlap. Um like or I don't know. Like that's where the Venn diagram analogy kind of breaks down. But uh <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's funny. Um you know, I I do think Adventure Time has really great fans, which we've talked about. Um and yeah, it's it's fun to be out in the world and just bring up Adventure Time and tell people I have a Adventure Time podcast called Adventure Guys. You need to listen to it and and seeing people get excited about it was pretty fun. So uh, if you if you're one of those new people who came to the send, send us an email at did you see the mail at gmail dot com. We'd love to start a dialogue with you. Um, and I was gonna again. This is the second episode in a row, Eric, where. I'm giving up on my transitions. I, I usually would like craft something, especially in the early apps, but now I just I think it's time we just dive into discussing this mammoth app, our most timely app we've we've ever uh, covered. Really had the chance to cover. We're gonna go into one of the new Distant Land specials. Yeah, let's do it. Episode discussion. Wooey, what an episode, Eric. Together again. Together again. With recently released on HBO Max. Yes, just days ago. And you know, you could almost give this episode two different uh titles, which they kind of do, right? In the beginning, there's a there's one title card that is was it Finn and Jake are dead? <laughs> yeah. Um at the beginning of the episode and at the end of the episode, Finn and Jake are together again um not spoiling it really although oh yeah we should say like we're gonna spoil the shit out of this episode we don't normally put that warning in there because the episodes that we typically review are like a decade old (laughs) but this just came out like within the past couple weeks uh and it might still be new for a lot of people so if you haven't watched it yet and you're the kind of person that does watch adventure time which might not be everyone that listens to our podcast, but if you do watch Adventure Time and you plan on watching this episode, you should probably watch together again before listening to this because we're going to spoil it. Yeah, hit, here's your spoiler warning. Hit hit the pause button and come back. Um, this will be a good place to come for your post show wrap up. Now, it was a I, I guess just off the top, Eric, you said this at the last end of the last episode, but this was a really fun episode. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. It brought on some feels it brought on heavy lore symbolism it kind of checks a lot of the boxes yeah a lot of tie-ins to all episodes from all across the series which is just like the light cloud which we watched last week yeah and it's sort of incredible how expertly they did this like i was talking to it with with ryan from man arley and he he was like he had just watched it when i was down there and he was sort of just like giddy and just saying like how on earth do do you do a comeback like this and have it still be good like how the quality is still so high <laughs> yeah. and you're just like that doesn't happen right eric like this 
you don't usually do these reboots or sequels and have the quality just be so goddamn high. Right. Especially since like it is the ultimate epilogue. Like this is the end of Finn and Jake's story. Like they're actually telling it. Like, and, and not just like, like the end, the end, like <laughs> their deaths and reincarnations <laughs> yeah. and rebirths. Like it doesn't get more definitive. Like it's crazy. <laughs> There's there's plenty of room between uh, the series finale and this special episode to tell lots of different stories, tons, lots of new stories, tons of stories. But this is chronologically the last thing that can happen <laughs> in the story of Finn and Jake. It's kind of gutsy to actually tell that story, considering they left the series a little bit open ended. Who has the balls to do that? And, <laughs> and I'm not even, and it's not even like, you know, some people the last thing they'll do is is like a character will unexpectedly die or they'll have some sort of big battle that they lose or something like that like kind of a dramatic early ending this isn't that this is them living out their lives to the fullest extent and this is where they end up like i don't know it's just it's really gutsy and pretty honest and they pulled it off spectacularly in my mind um yeah they notably don't do the kind of 80s movies ending where it's like this character wound up doing this this character wound up doing that mm, you know uh, which is funny uh, there's an episode of Steven Universe that does that as yeah. a little gag but they really bring it back to this friendship like it's Finn and Jake like you don't get anything else that happens in Finn's life you don't know whether he found love or you know had other relationships with other people because it's just focused on him and Jake. And he's when he dies, the he, the only thing he cares about is being reunited with Jake. Like, there must have been other people that had an impact in his life. Like, over the, like, 80 years that we didn't see him. Yeah. And for, and right? Like, a lot of that was without Jake. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're... Now, you haven't seen Obsidian yet. No. But I know that it's a heartbreaker. Tell me. You can tell me. So Obsidian ends. Here's a spoiler for Obsidian. If y'all haven't watched Obsidian, it's been out for a few months. Now. Yeah. Uh, Obsidian ends and you see Finn, an older Finn, because mm-hmm. you don't really have a place for where it fits in the timeline because Princess Bubblegum and Marceline are immortal. So they don't really look any older, but it's probably about 20 years after the, uh, the end of the series, maybe 15 years. Um, you see like a 30 something looking Finn, uh, and he's got a chest tattoo of Jake, uh, and it's sort of n- like n- meant to be a memorial, is what it seems like, and it just left everyone questioning, like if if Finn's an adult now, and he's got a chest tattoo of Jake, that probably means that Jake died. Yeah. At what point? How did that happen? Uh, of course, it's all left up in the air, mm-hmm. and it still isn't even confirmed. Like with any details in no. together again, and but I mean, it did die over the course of the episode. It's almost implied that Jake will be immortal, right? Well, everyone is sort of immortal in in the world of Adventure Time now because we understand that like reincarnation is a thing. That yes, happens. well, now with this episode, but I thought even with like the special powers that Jake was imbued with, um, it he might end up being sort of a like a thing that can live forever. Um, oh, well, uh, so that gets unraveled in the episode Jake 
the star child at the end of season 10. Okay. And an episode I haven't seen. I'm sorry for you new you newbies. I I'm the voice of the Adventure Time fandom that is enthusiastic, likes it, but is still learning my way. Uh yeah, so Jake technically had the power to be immortal. Yeah. But yeah. In order to exercise that power, he would have had to drain the life force from his kids, from oh. him and <laughs> Lady Rainicorn's children. Oh Jesus. Uh, so he basically chose not to do that and just die a natural death, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, but it's a really interesting point that you bring up that Finn lives a full life and he dies and he's just back to find Jake. And now that it it's kind of maybe in a bit of a way fan servicey because that's the relationship we care the most about. And it wouldn't be fun for him to be like, and where's my wife of the last 30 years of my life? You know? Um, exactly. Th- we, we, and there have been a few episodes that show alternate futures of Finn mm-hmm. where he does, you know, have a family or go on other quests and stuff. So we've seen like possible versions of that. And I think the fans don't need a definitive version of it. No. I, and I like that there's multiple timelines. And it's also interesting because at one point in this um, episode, Jake reveals that it is possible to go speak to people in the living world to which Finn immediately is like, why the hell did you never come and speak to me? Yeah. And, and Jake's sort of like, uh, I thought it would be weird. And also I didn't want to freak you out. <laughs> and Finn's like, okay. But I, and that was kind of interesting too, to really throw in there. It gets funny, but also it's sort of like, whoa, so is this relationship a little bit more one-sided and, um, of course we do know that, you know, Jake's family is blood related. He also has Lady Rainicorn and children. So there's more things on Jake's plate than just Finn. While maybe Finn, it's really just Jake. Uh, I don't know. Wasn't that funny to throw in? Like, it's like, whoa, do we have to rethink the dynamic of their friendship? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, not really, but. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's funny because this episode really reveals a lot of mechanics of how like magic and life and death and everything works in this universe which is cool which is something you would is usually left ambiguous in a show of this nature yeah Um, uh so jake is technically on the highest plane of the death world nirvana where he's you know transcended material possessions um and i guess he's okay with just not calling finn not doing ghost calls because he's moved beyond that. Yes, it's true. Um, and it's interesting. So I, okay, Eric, I know we already said this, that you don't want to go in chronological order and painstaking. I don't want to do that either because I will make this episode last another three to six hours, but (laughs) I do want to move a little bit through it. Um, because I think there's some cool shit that happens at the end that if we discuss first, it'll like what you were just getting at, it'll make sense. But um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna bring up some stuff in the early episode. I promise sure. I will not make this painstaking. But yeah, there's 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 definitely some some early things in this episode to to talk about separately because they kind of cordon off like an intro segment. Yeah, like the first like yeah. seven minutes or so are like what we learned to be a hallucination. <laughs> right, and it, it it starts off with Finn and Jake having kind of like a typical adventure, maybe from season one. You know where it's. They're going for some ice cream and then they come upon Ice King who's stolen two princesses and bringing them back to 
you know, his castle. And this whole sequence, while it feels familiar, I don't know about you, Eric, but it felt a little off. It felt like weird. And the first time watching the episode, because I did watch it twice, I was sort of like, this feels right, but weird. I don't know if I like this. And yeah, which was playing with my expectations or trepidations about, you know, a sequel. And it's like, wait, what is going on? Why? Something's a little off. It's yeah, it's a kind of a typical Finn and Jake adventure. And then the farther along you get, the more things start to feel weird. And I want to ask you, at what point did you realize that this was not real? Because at first to me, you know, like you see like Finn having the uh, the old sword called Scarlet that he had in the beginning (laughs) of the uh, series. And he's got both of his arms intact. I figured it could have been a flashback. Yeah, like this. Yeah. This could have been something canonically in the series that we just didn't see in any episode, but you know, it's like through flashbacks. So, but eventually things start getting weird, and you're like this is probably not actually happening. So, when did you like key into like that it wasn't real, that it wasn't canon? Um, I think there were some things that were weird. There's a couple things in there where Jake, um, he's like, "Hey, the ice cream's gonna melt." And Jake goes, no, it's not. It's cold. See, I told you. And it immediately starts snowing, which is weird. Um, there's another thing where um, after they save the birds, the bird's like, oh, yeah. And then like, a, or saves the worm, the worm's a bird. Like, it's kind of like almost like the characters within the hallucination r- remember that something's supposed to happen and then it happens. I don't know if I'm explaining that well. Um Oh yeah, but that's interesting. But the part that really got me is I th- probably when they uh, fist bump, and his fist is like hollow or iron or something, but it's not in the hallucination. Like, yeah, like he would be right. Like we, like when, like it would make sense for that to be the case. But within this reality of if it being a flashback, it wouldn't make sense because he has a regular arm and hand. Uh, so I think when that happened, I was like, okay. It's off. What about you? When I saw the snow golems of uh, Uncle Gumbald and the Peacemaster, mm-hmm. which were characters that were not introduced until like nine seasons later, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, there are some anachronistic things happening here. This is probably not real. Yeah. And then you, we get a real shot that this is probably not real when they're up with this bird really high and they're going to the treehouse and up in top of the treehouse is a nest and inside the nest is skeletons of many of their friends including lemon grab and mr pig yeah (laughs) yeah and it's like whoa and jake's sort of like oh man birds gotta eat you know um yeah by that point things are starting to get yeah and then they drop jake (laughs) and then jake's going towards his grave which reminds me a lot of that episode with banana man and the vision where Jake's just totally cool with dying that yeah, we just right? watched a couple weeks ago. You know, this, this, there's a lot of uh, foreshadowing that like Jake is, Jake is well on his way to the 50th dead world. Like he is like pretty in tune with acceptance and serenity yeah. and pretty Zen. And I, I guess I'm not exactly sure how it works. I guess, I guess he's been working his way up through the dead worlds and then like yeah. well, so, reincarnating. So, so, so like so just this, to this pr- provide some clarity, um, it is a hallucination and Jake dies. The, the, he turns into a puddle like the ice cream and it becomes clear that in this hallucination, like 
trying to eat the ice cream before it melts is sort of like savoring Jake before the dream's over, maybe, or savoring your friendship, whatever. And then it it becomes clear that uh, it was a hallucination and that actually Jake is very old and he's in this dungeon he doesn't remember being in because, whoops, he's actually dead. Um, and yeah, so this is also confusing because it's not clear how he got there or what that place is. It, yeah. Like, I, I mean, we don't need to know how Finn died, but that was, I guess, just Finn dying. That was, he doesn't remember either, I guess. No. And they're, they're in this little pre land of death dungeon waiting room purgatory. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, and the way that, that that waiting room, they're kind of in a waiting room, and then they go in. He goes in to death, and he accepts it quick because now that he's dead, it means he can go find Jake. So he immediately runs into the land of the dead, um, passing the guy who's going to let them in, uh, who's supposed to like talk to them or something. And he goes and finds Mr. Fox, who's going to be his guardian. Now, this all kind of reminds me of like Beetlejuice or something. Like, that's the only other analogous representation of the afterlife or death. What was the last time you watched Beetlejuice? Oh, forever ago. Dude, I watched it recently with some friends. They had never seen it, and I was I hyped it up, and they did not really laugh. <laughs> but on the other hand, as someone who watched it a lot when I was a kid, I was now really laughing and enjoying the this version of the afterlife and death. I thought it was really inventive. Um, but, but Yeah, I mean, we've been in the dead world a few times before yeah. in the series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we get glimpses of... like So... We, so He's there and basically Mr. Fox is like, okay, if you want to find Jake, you got to like, you can, there's these, um, <clears throat> what are they called? Not the, not the dungeon masters, but who are the guys who can go? Bet- the undertakers. Oh, the undertakers. They can go and travel between dead worlds. And it seems like there's like multiple different fed- dead worlds, at least 50 of them that where there's these different experiences of death where kind of you are assigned a world to be in that you will being forever while you're dead ostensibly right um yeah i guess you can kind of choose to remain there or to try again and be reincarnated be reincarnated yeah and that's that's the afterlife and uh and it becomes so immediately finn's sort of like well i know death like <laughs> he's like we've, we've hung yeah, out they've be- hung out before yeah we've hung out before um and we've met death and peppermint butler knows death and like he's like he's kind of a bud so they Go to he goes immediately tries to go find him and um and he's like he meets Tiffany along the way it's a comedy errors and he finally gets to death and it's not the death that we remember it's sort of a weird version of death like it's like the death we've seen with these like really scaly muscular green reptile arms it's like a bro death bro death yeah Kyle death Kyle death. It, Dude, he is Kyle Death because old Death loved to shred metal and stuff, right? And play guitar. <laughs> yeah. This one is hanging out in his, quote, dorm room, it's called. And he's smashing a combination of energy drinks and beer. Like, it could either be Monsters <laughs> or it could be Miller Lights. Or, and he's throwing them around and he's, like, just concerned about himself and is clearly immature. Um, and not... Probably worthy of the responsibility of death, of being this person. Um, and it becomes clear that this death has other plans. And they're trying, and he, you know, Tiffany kind of lets slip that Jake is, like you were saying, in level 50 of death or underworld 50, death world 50, DW 50, 
which is the highest you can ascend to where you're just kind of fucking zenned out and you've let go of the want for material possessions or anything at all. And yes, yeah, so, so the de- they're like, can you take me there? And it becomes clear that this version of death is like up to no good. Like he's, he kind of like doesn't like, like he wants to be his own death. He wants to kind of decide who should be there and who shouldn't be there. He's inherited everything that's going on and the structure and he kind of wants to dismantle it and do his own thing. Right. Is that a good way of explaining it? Yeah. Cause we, we've seen the dead world before and the old, the old death was like, yeah, he played metal, but he was also pretty chill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm like, like he was worthy of the responsibility. He was, he sort of had the calmness that came with it and the levity. Like he wasn't a bro. He wasn't like a college kid. <laughs> yeah. So they like the, area of the dead world they hang out in i guess it's like the sort of like the base area like it's not like any of the levels which where the souls go it's mm-hmm. just like they're they're like hang like hanging out in their home part of the dead world they got a, a bottomless void they got i don't know have you noticed um <laughs> all the cop cars that are in the dead world no no i kind of missed that. dude the dead world is littered with crashed cop cars and this is throughout the series too like every time they go to the dead world, there's just cop cars. Oh everywhere. my God. That's pretty incredible. I think it's, I think it's a subliminal. I yeah. think you're trying to say cops go to hell, which I completely I, no, support that message. That's, that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, and you know, I did want to say is that well, I'll put up, bring up some quotes, but this one shouldn't be surprised is way more midnight gospel-y than a lot of other ones as we're dealing with life, death, incarnation. Yes, because after uh, New Death basically tells Finn to fuck off, um, he's not going to help him get to the 50th dead world to find his buddy Jake. Uh, Finn gets all pissed off and steals Tiffany's magic harmonica, which allows travel between the dead world levels. And he just starts randomly going to different dead worlds looking for Jake and the smorgasbord of <laughs> like new environments is straight out of midnight gospel. Oh, it's, it's there's some really trippy shit. It's insane. I mean, what, what should come as no surprise surprise as a delight to me is that the first one he goes to is the dead world, like 37 where tree trunks is. Um, yeah. Tree trunks hanging from this huge swing. And if you notice Mr. Pig, right, is there and a bunch of other people, and it looks like in potentially an alien is there um, yeah. also hanging out. And it's an ambiguous gray figure. But later in the episode, it is confirmed and they, they show him again. And it's like definitely one of the aliens, like her <laughs> yeah. alien husband. And <laughs> so it's kind of implying that in this version of heaven, they're like living this sort of like non-monogamous sort of a thing where she's sort of a queen getting like fanned and given big strawberries and stuff. Right. Isn't yeah. it kind of like that? <laughs> um, which was funny. Then they go to another one where it's, there's like a huge creature with like multi layered mouths going and there's all these souls just walking into it. And he's like, are you guys just like eating each other here? Uh, okay. And because like, as you go along, it's, it doesn't seem like they're being, punished maybe there's different like the tree tricks one is obviously pretty positive um some of these are maybe more negative i couldn't tell if there was like a range of experiences if they're all positive it doesn't seem like they're all positive 
but they're not all negative. It's almost like maybe based on your experience or your karmic level or sin or something, you're assigned to a world and you're either stuck in this mud that you can't get out of or you're getting fan with strawberries or you've ascended to the Zen-like state of of bliss. And maybe as we've learned from Jake is that once you're in this afterlife, you can continue to evolve in your afterlife experience and you can go to different dream worlds, right? Yeah, it's very uh, referential to Dante's Inferno, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like all the different layers of hell and... Um, I mean, the difference is that, like, I guess souls have the opportunity to advance. Which is cool. I like that version of the after. Like, hey, we're always improving. We're always learning. We're always growing, even <laughs> when we're dead. Um, but after a while, Jake finds uh, Joshua and Margaret in one of the levels. This was, or Finn finds Oh, Finn them. does. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, this was a really touching moment. Yeah. Because I... We had never seen Finn interact with his mom and dad. Straight up. Like, yeah, we, we get flashbacks where he's a baby and they're in the same room together and stuff, but we've never seen, you know, adult Finn, you know, adult Finn, teenager Finn, um, interact with his parents, the parents who raised him. Yeah. And, um, it, it is touching. At first when it happened, I was like, is this real? Is this happen? Are these really them or is this some sort of hallucination again? But it's very much them. And a great thing that happens in this episode, I thought, was they painted Joshua and Margaret as good parents. Like you got to see some of the qualities that might lead you towards saying that they're good parents. Or like they got to show their strengths, right? Which may not always be as um, being as emotionally intelligent as they needed to be and thoughtful, but they do show up for their kids. They like, they, they equip them with the things and they're there when it's like real life and death matters, right? Like they show up and she give uh, Margaret gives um, Finn a whole bunch of stuff to, um, <laughs> that you're going to need in the after. Like, Oh, I'm going to give you a bunch of notes for them. And like, here's some food and like all these things. Like I made these weapons for you and they come in real handy towards the end of the episode. Yeah. And now Joshua does call Finn a crybaby. Oh. <laughs> but I know it's like, it's like, it's like this old school, like parenting that they just really, you know, nail like, <laughs> yeah. we're going to give you what you need. Now go on your, with your world and we'll see you later. Um, and you know, also in this is that Tiffany, um, is a sort of a recurring character and is an undertaker and is working for death. But, you know, Tiffany has this relationship with Jake and actually does care about Jake and, and like kind of has like, it's the soft, like Tiffany's soft spot is revealed and Tiffany's there with Joshua and Margaret and Joshua and Margaret kind of show a meaning, uh, immediate understanding and paternal, paternal qualities to Tiffany who just clearly needs it and um, help Tiffany out. Right. Yeah. And that was cool to see. I was like, all right. Yeah. Like this is where this is, this is where they excel in the parenting realm, (laughs) not nuanced, complex emotions, but simply just showing up and saving your life when you need it. And, and, uh, and cuddling you when you need it for a little bit. And then we're going to keep moving. (laughs) And and uh, Joshua and Margaret are the ones that tell Finn like how to actually get to the fiftieth 
dead world. Yes. You have to, you have to not want to get there is the trick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of weird because like they're settled in and Jermaine is there too. Jermaine's there. Uh, and they, Vo- I voice- guess they have no interest in being reunited with their son, Jake. They're like, Oh, he just, he made it to the 50th. Good for him. But Finn is distraught over that. Like, how do you not want to get there? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like runs in the family where they're like, well, the 50th is a great place to be. And if, Jake's ascended there, then cool. Like we can't stop that. We can't keep them from being happy, you know, yeah. but they also seem to like where they are. Like they are not in search of going to the 50th, right? Like, no, they're cool to just hang out. They're cool. to Just hang out. Um, also Jermaine, I didn't realize Tom Sharpling, um, from the best show and obviously Greg universe. Yeah. Uh, voice <laughs> him. She just got such, I just started trying to listen to some of the best show, which I want to listen. I'd always heard that it was awesome. Um, but he, his voice is just wonderful. Yeah, Greg Universe is like the perfect character. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then eventually, um, Jake descends from the fiftieth level to come see what's going on because he's like, like it seemed so interesting to him or something. But like he's so like he was just so, catching on to Finn's vibe or something. Yeah. His vibe was so strong, he just had to come see what it was about. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> and he's so zenned out that he kind of. Maybe he doesn't even realize who Finn is at first because he's so f- removed from being attached to any sort of experience. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Kind of breaks Finn's heart a little bit. Um, Broke my heart. It was like, yeah. Kind of, it was a sad thing. Like, Finn gets reunited with Jake, but then Jake doesn't remember him. And then it's, you know, I mean, you kind of figure like, all right, well, how are they going to jog his memory? Like, this is this is a thing that happened in the uh, the Steven Universe movie. It's a thing that happened in um, that ep- that big episode of regular show. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it called? Like, Exit something number, whatever. Yeah. Where, like, the characters have amnesia, and they have to go through and do, like, a greatest hits compilation of, like, that character's experiences to make them remember. And I was like, Oh, we're going to get one of these again. Like it seems a little played out. I've, I've seen this on like every cartoon network show. Right. <laughs> but all it takes is one battle. I guess the undertakers come to uh, fuck up Finn and Jake steps in and be like, no, don't, don't mess up my bro. And he does this really rad stretchy fist. Yeah. That punches an undertaker. And then two, Fists come out of the side of the big fist and punch the other undertakers. <laughs> yeah. And uh and then Jake is back and he remembers. And that's their real reunion. And that was that was sweet. That was satisfying. Um Yeah, you know, I have something else to say that's more philosophical, I mean night gospely, about this whole zend outness and uh, we'll come back to it. Let's keep going, because I want to talk about that at the end. Um but yeah, but now they're 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 back together. But like, so part one of Finn's quest is complete. But now there's like a new thing where this death has now ascended into the fiftieth level. And yeah, because Jake came out and opened the portal. Yeah. Now new death can access that world. And this death, we we quickly learn is like, all right, I just want to end the death world. Like he's done with it. I I can't really. At this point in the episode, I'm kind of unclear as to his motives, like what he wants. Does he want to create his own death worlds? 
Well, he doesn't really. He's. I mean, he's kind of just a, a bratty little jerk. Like yeah. he, he doesn't really. I don't think he's got much of his own motivations. But, um, I mean, he's being controlled. That's true. He's being controlled by the the, 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 the lich. Yes, and it's who wants to end all life. So he wants to shut down the process of reincarnation. Right. So and, and so we needed and, to get to the fiftieth dead world to end that and the afterlife. Pretty much, the lich is just like. Yeah, I want no life. I want there to be such no life that it's not just living life I don't want. I don't want this afterlife either. Like everything, um, you know, we're going to get there. It's it's we're pretty much there, right? Like um he's going for it. We don't know that it's the lich yet and they're trying to defeat him. Um they're all in the first level as all these worlds start to collapse. They go talk to Peppermint Butler who I, I was waiting for him to show up. I was like, this guy is is yeah. so clutch in these this situations. Was, this was a great little segment, this scene, this cameo, where like, yeah, where they talk about, oh yeah, you could just ghost call the, the living world. Well, and they they go to, to get Princess Bubblegum, was who they said they were going to get, but instead they go to Peppermint Butler, which honestly was really the right it, call. <laughs> it's weird because they, they called Princess Bubblegum and they got her castle yeah and she wasn't there but i mean we don't really know the ins and outs of how ghost calling works but you figure like it shouldn't matter where they're geographically located no. right so i it's <laughs> princess bubblegum's whereabouts are unknown uh it's assumed that she's not dead because they w- wouldn't have thought to call her otherwise and we don't see her in the dead world we also don't see marceline in the dead world so i'm assuming that everyone that we don't see in the dead world is still alive yeah um, cause there are a lot of cameos in all the levels of the dead world that yeah. like, okay, these are the characters that, that croaked, but they, uh, they call PB and it's, there's like a statue of her. And I wasn't sure if it, like, if, is this actually princess bubblegum that's been like crystallized or something, something going on, but <laughs> it seems like it's maybe just like a shrine yeah, an altar or something. Some royalty and, and, shit. Yeah. And peppermint Butler is kind of taken over as steward of the candy kingdom. Uh huh. And honestly, like Colin Peppermint Butler is a way better, uh, scenario than Colin PB in this exact situation for sure. Yeah. He's the guy that you want on your side right now. Yeah, he, he, he kind of gets like, he starts speaking in tongues and realizes immediately someone's trying to communicate and then goes to a Ouija <laughs> board and they spell, butt, and then they come out and they, I think that's a callback. Okay. As there's a, there's an earlier episode where it, they're communicating with the dead and butt is like the distress signal or something. <laughs> so they get, uh, they come up and he's like, Oh, Hey Finn. Hey Jake. And they explain what's going on. And you know, in t- short order, he's like, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to go visit the goddess of life. She's called, right? Like she lives underwater. Um, I can get you there, but you can only be down there as long as this candle is lit. And they're like, this candle is very short. He's like, yep. So let's go. And they like go into this underwater realm of fish and snakes and all these things and volcanoes. And we find the goddess of life. And it's basically two serpents that kind of talk in a heart shape. Yeah. Heart shape (laughs) that talk together as one person. And you see basically she is truly the goddess of life, like the opposite of death where she is making, taking souls that are coming from the, uh, from the afterlife, you know, from the dead world 
and are giving them new life. And there's one guy there who's just like, please give me a good life. Please give me a good life. And then he's like a snail. Or what was he? What was he like a, like a little insect? And he's like, that's what I get for wishing. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, which is pretty funny. And it's like, oh, okay. So there she is. And they, um, they go find her. They tell her what's up. And she's like, oh, this makes sense. That's my son. This guy. And you're like, what? <clears throat> and you're like. Yeah. And then they show the flashback of, of uh, new death, like being all mad at old death because that was his dad. Yeah. And this happens even a little bit later, but yeah, ostensibly the goddess of life and death had a child and it was this like weird reptile thing. Now I was wondering, I was like, I need to do some research, but I was like, is this any sort of Greek mythology that we're getting into? Or like, I feel like we're getting, I'm getting out of my depth into some like deep symbol religious text, you know? Yeah. There's gotta be some references, but that go like really deep, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about this before. Like if you're going to bother putting it in this cartoon, it's going to take lots and lots of time to make it happen. You might as well research like crazy obscure references and yeah. they always do. So yeah, yeah. I don't know what particular mythology they're drawing from, but yeah. So she gives them like a sort of life and says, come back and use it. So they go back, they find, the new death. They try kicking him and, and it's working. He's getting hurt. They're able to like hit him, but it's not like making him blow up or anything. Um, yeah. We see, we see the Jake suit return of the Jake. Yeah. Suit. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, so then they're going and then all of a sudden it's like not working. They use one of Margaret's like notes to freeze him. Uh, and then he's there and he starts talking and they, this is when we learn about the killing of the dad and he took, and it basically says that once I killed on the dad, I had to take on all his stuff and basically become death. And he's sort of like, whoever kills me is going to have to take on this role. So then, yeah. uh, you know, and also during this, then we start, it's, he starts talking more and talking deeper and it's revealed it's the lich. And now, which Finn is like, I have, defeated you many times and it's clear that it's basically this new guy's right hand right which is the lich's right hand yeah the the lich's hand from another dimension was cut off in like season eight or something yeah and made it into their world and then uh i, I don't know how he was defeated, yeah. but yeah. Sweet no, Pea no. was involved and i guess they killed Delicious hand. He made it to the dead world, and you you hear in the flashback with New Death and Old Death that New Death is like complaining about how uh, his dad like didn't understand his new friend or something. You figure like, oh, this is something nefarious is is happening here. Yep. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so Finn and Jake know they have to defeat New Death with the Lich, but they know that whoever does is going to have to become the new, the new, new death. And so then they heartbreakingly start fighting each other for the right to sacrifice themselves. Yeah. It's, it's, this is like, uh, the end game scene with black widow versus Hawkeye. It it ends with them sitting down across from each other, punching each other in the face, saying, I love you, brother, punching him. And now Mr. <laughs> it's so sad. It's sad, but but sweet. And Mr. Fox comes up and goes, now what? 
what are you doing? Like he was, he had, was getting sodas for death, and was like, "You two are brothers. You should not be fighting over something as silly as a stick." And he takes the stick, and then the lich is coming for him, and he holds this the the what is it called? The sword of life or whatever, the stick of life, the other way, like holding it from the opposite end that they've been holding it, and then it's sh- one of the serpents on the sword comes to life and just instantly kills the lich and the new death and they're like oh we were just holding it backwards and now because of the logic we just learned whoever kills it takes on the responsibility making mr fox the new death mr fox and he immediately a rando in this world such a such a rando he's such a random character but he kind of immediately takes to it and his his demeanor isn't that far off of the original death yeah it's it's like he's pretty chill about everything, right? Is he it kind of fitting? Like you're like, oh yeah, I guess he could he could do this, and he immediately just resurrects the world, puts everyone where they're supposed to be, and it's it's all going good. <laughs> um, I I love that, and then you know, they're basically he's like, hey, okay, so Finn, are you ready to go to you know Death World thirty seven and settle in? And he kind of has his epiphany and is like. I missed you, Jake. It was the worst thing that ever happened to me, but he's kind of ready to go back and live his best life, right? Like, am I, am I capturing the real emotional essence of that speech? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess there really is nothing else for Finn other than his best bro, Jake. Yeah. And, you know, and but Jake's going to be in 50 and he's like, I'm ready to go back and live my own life and live my best life and not a life where I'm just, haunted by the loss of you but i'm going to be inspired by you and yeah and like if they if they can't be in the same dead world together then finn's just got to go back around again until he can make it to 50 yeah um and and jake says okay and he kind of like morphs into a little zend out star that's like a symbol of like level 50 people and he so he goes back to be reincarnated and starts going in and then jake changes from the level 50 star and runs into the reincarnation portal with Finn and it's and the episode ends that they are now going to be reincarnated together and and Finn's like hey man I just had my whole like epiphany realization what the what the heck were you doing and he goes like I know but like it'd, it'd be a lot more fun to be down here with you is he say something like that yeah very touching so they're, they're just gonna go around again and uh this brings it back to a fan theory about the series finale because we we have a flash forward mm-hmm. with two random new characters that are like a thousand years in the future, um, Shermie and Beth, mm. and Beth is a pup, a descendant of Jake, and people have been saying for a long time that they're Finn and Jake reincarnated, mm-hmm. uh, and that very well might be the truth now. Yeah, but it's a great ending, and it just sets you up. For- for kind of infinite Finn and Jake adventures in a new way. Yeah. Um, really awesome. And I, I guess what I was getting at before what I wanted to get into is that what you see here is that is Jake almost consciously looking at the Zend out 50 death world 50 life and consciously goes, no, it'd be more fun to be with Jake. I mean, it'd be more fun to be with Finn. Jake says that like rather than being zen out detached from everything I'd rather just go live my life with Finn and <clears throat> I found that kind of an interesting move for him to make and maybe an interesting p- 
point or commentary um, on on the afterlife and spirituality and being religious and all this. And it's something I've talked a lot about with, uh, with another friend of mine, uh, Brendan, shout out. But, you know, I'm like a fan of, this is going to get Duncan Trussell. I'm a fan of Ram Dass, and he definitely was someone who brought me into it. And if you read like Be Here Now and listen to him and stuff, you know, and and you start you start getting closer and more interested in these sorts of ideas of the afterlife and detachment and giving up your wants, desires, giving up your ego. To me, it sounds it it is great, um, and I think there's a lot up to be learned and a lot of perspective. But then at some point, I start to wonder is like, are, like first of all, it's hard to function in this world in this capitalist society of America with in that sort of zone. You know, it's like what are you gonna do for money, like. You, you kind of need to play the game a little bit just to survive. Um, and, you know, the way Ram Dass did it and these other spiritual thinkers, Alan Watts, whoever, is they kind of like made their thing into a business that they could get money from, which is a whole other realm of how does that work with what they're preaching. But um, regardless, you start. I always start to wonder is like, you know, that is great. I think that's a really great thing to incorporate into yourself. But at some point... Are you maybe missing out on what if you of what this what makes this experience worthwhile? Like to detach from all want, desire, everything. Sure, you are going to be escaping pain. You are going to be ascending to a higher level of truth and beauty beyond what you know ego and desire and all that. But I want to pause it. Like, what if what makes this plane of existence great in being human? Is that whole chess game of desire, loss, want, love, and and things, and if you know maybe maybe the thing to do is not be blissed out at level fifty and just detaching, disassociating from everything, but it's to more mindfully go into the chess game with some of that knowledge that maybe it doesn't all matter, but still going into it and having fun with it. And if that, like, you know, to me, that's sort of what embodies the Finn and Jake philosophy, and especially the Jake philosophy that you were getting at before, that he's kind of zenned out, like, he's okay if he dies, he's okay with these things. Like, there's this sort of cosmic knowing that it will end, and that we're here for this brief time, and it's great, but he's still doing life. He's not just sitting on the sidelines or blissed out, you know? Um yeah, it's powerful because we know that there is an afterlife. We know that there is this cycle of reincarnation, and yet he's still choosing to just do the same fun shit all over again. The same fun shit. And it's like, even though he had to die and his children died and these things went and he was separated from his best friend from all these and like these bad things happened, he's still like, no, that was worth it. And I think it also, you know, now, these ideas of spirituality I'm talking about are very Eastern, but I think that in the way that we experience them in America, there you can't undeniably um, untangle it from capitalism and this sort of like getting somewhere of spirituality, right? Like Christianity, like I'm going to be a good Christian so I can get to 50 where it's going to be awesome. And you kind of see that with um, the new death who's like, he's like, what? I schemed really hard to get to level 50 which is just a choir of hippies <laughs> he says that at some point and um and while i think he's wrong about that and obviously he's being a materialistic um immature douchebag i do 
you know, um, I I do kind of feel like that might be in here, which is like, if you spend your whole entire life just trying to get to 50, you can't get there. Like you can only get there when you maybe are just completely enjoying the experience or something, you know, I'm getting a little bit, getting a little bit wacky here or esoteric. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so many of these, you know, religious schools of thought have just are very preoccupied on, you know, what happens after and how to, how to do things now so that it affects what happens after. And I guess the more humanist way to think about it is just like to focus on the current experience, whether or not there is something after or not. Yeah. And Jake, someone who does that so effectively and effortlessly ascends to the highest level of the afterlife. So maybe the best way to live is to live that way. Maybe. Um, I just, I found it interesting that he would reject the literally the pinnacle of any existence of all planes, all planes of existence. He was at the pinnacle and decided it would be more fun to just do another round of life with his buddy. Um, and I found that touching, you know, strange yet powerful and, and affecting to me for all the reasons we just said, <laughs> I just went off. On. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good app. Good app. It was a very good app. Do you have any other thoughts that while well, you formulated while I was uh, going on that tirade? Uh, I think we covered pretty much everything. Uh, I want to play. Did you see this? Oh now? yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Nick, did you see the snail? Now, I think I did. I believe I did. I want to know if it counts. Okay. I'm going to say yes. Yeah, and then, okay. I'm saying yes, and then we'll compare what we saw. Eric, did you okay. see the snail? Yes. Play that theme song, baby. Yeah. Looking in the scenery throughout the land of Okay, uh, now you saw, I'm assuming, the possessed lich snail. Yes, is that going to count? 
It counts. Okay, cool. But there was a second snail. Oh. There was there was actually a third snail. There were three snails in this episode. Well, it's a triple um, episode, essentially. So. I know. Three chances to, to get them. Uh, we got the obvious one. Yeah. I'm... I missed the other two um, when I rewatched it after looking it up. I found the regular snail. So apparently the other two distant land specials do not have the snail. Okay. And this one has the snail in the hallucination segment uh, as part of like everything that's supposed to convince you that it's like an earlier season regular episode sure and the snail is chilling on ice king's contraption that he's dangling the princesses from <laughs> up top there yeah just a regular old adventure time snail um and then there's also a, a snail skeleton in the bird's nest that i didn't see oh wow that would make sense but we got the one up front snail that was you know easy important snail yeah, easy. Yeah. He was huge. It was all you could really see. <laughs> nice. Um, shall we move on to the mania? De miscellanea? There's things you may not know. Eric and Nick will show you all the trivia and Eric, did you have any you wanted to dive into? Uh, yeah, so this is the only Distant Land special so far with the snail. It's also the only one with the regular opening sequence. Mm. Yeah. I guess kind of to throw you off maybe with that whole yeah. the whole beginning thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are a lot of connections to earlier episodes in the series. Just a lot of very referential things. Um, they're kind of Easter eggs. They're... It, it's sort of like the episode we just did, the light cloud where you get just little glimpses of, you know, your greatest hits reel from the series. Yeah. Um, one that I saw, which I thought was interesting is that in the beginning of the episode, th they're talking about the flavors of ice cream. Like they're trying to get him and there's 50 magical flavors of ice cream. Yeah. And there's the 50 worlds of the afterlife. But at this yep. point, even though this is Finn's hallucination, he does not know that information. Yep. Consciously, but maybe subconsciously, it's like some sort of eternal truth that we all know or something. <clears throat> um, yeah. So this is the final appearance of tree trunks. Oh uh, yeah. That made me actually sad when, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, the voice actor, Polly Lou Livingston, passed away in January, and she had already recorded her parts for this special. Um, she was up there. She had a long and full life, and this was a pretty good note to go out on for the character of Tree Trunks. Yeah. Um, wow, yeah. I mean, I want to know more about her. Just Right, because isn't the lore that she was just Pendleton Ward's mom's friend who had that great voice, and he used to try to do the voice and say, like, why, why don't we just get her to 
voice this character. So they did. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is just perfectly Adventure Time, Pendleton Ward. <laughs> uh, the voice actor for Old Death, um, Miguel Ferrer, he passed away in 2017. Uh, so the character appeared, but, uh, you know, he didn't record anything for this. Uh, the episode was also dedicated to him. Mm. Um, um, I guess that we should talk about maybe a little bit. We, we talked about this before is that the people who worked on these episodes is, is slightly different, right? Like, um, and might go into like, what's kind of interesting about how the quality is still so high yet. It's like slightly different team that's working on the Disneyland specials. Right, Eric? Yeah, I guess Pendleton Ward is not really in a creative role for this. I mean, he voiced LSP in this episode, sure. but I don't know if he was involved at all in the previous two distant land specials. Yeah. Which I mean, isn't that interesting? It seems that Adam Muto has like taken on a big role, right? Yeah. I, uh, I wonder what Pendleton Ward's been up to. I, I hope there's a season two of the Midnight Gospel coming soon. Yeah. Which, right? Like, obviously, he did that with Jesse Moynihan. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense if he was very focused on that and thus did not want involvement with Distant Lands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also, you ever see his other show that he did, um, Bravest Warriors? No, I never saw the show. I haven't seen it either. I'm curious about it. Um, I think it aired on like a weird platform and it's, I don't know where you can watch it now, but it might be on YouTube. I don't know. Yeah. It was like sort of concurrently with, uh, adventure time for, for a little stretch there. I think it was after he abdicated the showrunner role. Mm-hmm. Um, he also had this other show that he was just doing called bravest warriors. Mm hmm. Ah, that's cool. I'll check that out. Um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of writing credits on the episode. I'm on the IMDB page. Um, and there's some folks that, you know, wrote a lot. Obviously, Adamuto wrote a lot. Um, but, like, you know, there's other people on here. Like, I'm looking at uh, Iggy Craig, who's given a writer um, role. Also wrote the other two um, Distant Lands, but did not write at all on the original. Um, there's other folks though who did you know um such as um anna yeah anna syverson and a bunch there's like a bunch of people who actually have writing credits on this episode but just interesting to to do your reboot and maybe just bring in some some fresh people with some fresh perspective maybe just, just keep it good you know i guess that's really kind of the adventure time spirit isn't it um yeah, it's uh, it it it's cool because I mean they really capped off the Finn and Jake story with this, but obviously we have another distant land special coming, and there's still just this huge expanse of you know uncharted territory between the series finale come along with me and this special. So I mean, there's so much more room for other creators to to play in there. Yeah, I mean, I'm really. We, we talked about this before, but th that this isn't the final Distant Lands seems 
crazy to me at this point. Like, what could be a more perfect final one? I mean, we'll see. I, I have no doubts, but yeah, I think the way it happened was they, um, they pitched like stories to Cartoon Network for, you know, standalone specials, and they didn't buy them all together. They like they did it like they put in orders one at a time. So this just happened to be the third special that they ordered. Um, so I don't know if the next one that we get is really going to be like a finale type of thing. I mean, as far as I know, there are no more orders for beyond the fourth special, but it seems like the door is being kept open for it. Very interesting. Very cool. We'll see. We will see. But for us, that's, that's all she wrote for the distant lands till that one. I'd like to do that one. Um, when she comes out, you know, like I think this is fun being current. The the Wizard City episode is the the next one. Great, and it should be a very peppermint butler heavy episode. <laughs> I welcome it as 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 discussed. But what are we uh, what are we gonna watch next week? Let's find out. What are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch? Uh, looks like we got season nine, episode ten, abstract. You no, know, this is funny. I think this is the episode that we got last time, and we decided we didn't want to do. We wanted, to do- and that we would do Distant Lands special instead. That's awesome. That means it's we really have to do this episode. <laughs> Some spirits are. Directing us here. here. We we need to see this. (laughs) Um, All right. We're going to watch Abstract. I think this is about, now that I'm remembering the character of Jermaine and that he's a painter, uh, and he was painting that portrait, the family portrait in together again, Mm -hmm. I think this is about Jermaine being like an abstract artist. Very cool. Very cool. I want to see that. for certain. We'll find out. Ah, shit. Nick, are you there? You're back. <laughs> Wait, can we can we resync? It seemed that this stopped. One, two, three, four, one. Oh, wait, no. That's not how we do it. What are you still recording in Logic? I am, but I guess I stopped recording when I panicked because this stopped working. But it got really far. Don't worry. Okay, uh, you're recording again now. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Okay, now let me start it. Okay. Ready? One, two, three, four. One, One, two, two, three, four. four. Don't worry, I'm at two hours and 18 minutes right now, so. Really? Yeah. We've really been going that long? Apparently. 
No, one hour and 18 minutes. That's not how the the logic time clock oh, works. Oh, shit. Okay. It's showing you that it's on the second hour. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I, I, I hate that. I want zero and one. Um, anyway, I logged back on just in time to say, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, I mentioned if you want to support us, the advent oh, anchor.fm slash adventure guys podcast. Got it right this time. You can you can send us money there. Um, you know, the iTunes reviews help and telling just one person about the show. Like this thing is starting just week by week where it seems that we're picking up one to two new people and it's like the circle's expanding and it's really fun and exciting to see. So bring some more people in. Yeah. I uh, was talking up the podcast to some people this weekend. There you go. Hand-to-hand combat. Back at you. <laughs> cool, dude. What's uh, We haven't had a guest in a while. Want to get a guest on soon? What's Sean doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was supposed to come on, but he, he didn't. So let, let's get him on. Yeah. Um, and maybe some others. Let, we'll talk about it. Let's do it. It's It's time. Cool, dude. Well, all right. Goodbye, everybody. Peace out, y'all.